everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, a weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I will be your Elohim and host of this episode, Keith. With us as always, my faithful subject and hardcore gamer, Andrew. How's it going? And the person who's always putting bugs into the game, <laughs> and noob, Liz. Hey guys. So this week, as you probably don't know, other than the title of the episode, we're talking about the Talos Principle, which has been out for five years. I believe 2014 was when this game was released. It was developed by Crow Team, a developer mostly known for the Serious Sam. But yeah, it's really just an open world exploration puzzle game. I would say reminds me a lot of like a Turing test. Do you agree, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a first-person, well, you could do a third-person as well, but it's essentially oh, just a puzzle game. So this game is really kind of geared to people yeah, who like the Turing Test, the Witness, or even Portal. Yeah, so the, the game is really built on you wake up as a robot in this kind of garden-y, stone-based area, and there's this voice that talks to you and guides you through. And you go through a series of puzzles, picking up little Tetris pieces, or Tetrominoes, if we want to be technical. Um, or sigils as they call it in the game oh yeah sigils is the game but tetrominoes is the technical term so it's like just a serial record I, i'm just saying look it up it's tetris history man you say you know video games yeah um, this makes me want cereal called out <laughs> but no the, so as andrew said yes in the game it refers to him as sigils but yeah you go through a series of puzzles throughout the game using various skills that you unlock as you progress to ultimately decide your fate, I guess you would say, based on three different endings that I I would ultimately say are built on difficulty. Really, you can choose an easy, medium, or hard ending. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I I thought it was. That being said, Andrew, what do you say? Is this game or a pass? So at first, when you picked this game, I actually thought it was going to actually be a pass for me. I'm very kind of selective when it comes to puzzle games. It really kind of has to be something that hooks me because after a while it generally like puzzle games draw a fine line where it ends up being so difficult that it's just not fun anymore and you're just looking stuff up but i think this game actually had a really good balance and its story was actually pretty interesting so yeah this game is actually will be a game for me huh, that's interesting i thought you would have liked it to be honest from the get-go but uh liz what did you think i'm gonna give it a game but i will say that although i enjoy playing it i'm definitely not gonna finish the game i think i'll like maybe go back to it every once in a while do a couple puzzles but i'm not i'm not too interested in continuing it but it's fun enough it's fun enough i think that's completely fair though it because it is kind of one of those games that you can pick up and put down it doesn't have a lot of hard controls to it and every time you load the game there's just a little bitty kitten on the front so i wanted to ask what is that kitten Oh, sorry. You can say if it's a game. No, no. I was just curious. Oh, I mean, it's a game, obviously. <laughs> oh, this, I think, is this the first time we're all... Not a first time, but it's been a while since we've all been a it's game. kind of rare, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been a first for or first in a while. But what were you about to say, Liz? Is there a kitten in this game? Because <laughs> I like looking at it, I was like, where's the cat? There is, and we can talk about it now or we can talk about it later. I guess I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> So, as we were talking about, the game really is mostly built around its puzzles, but I personally thought one of the best things about this this game itself was the way that they incorporated the story so well into it. Because it, 
it's pretty straightforward, and so we're kind of we may skirt around some spoilers here, but we're we won't really talk about the actual endings. But there's multiple endings and ways that you can get to it, as I mentioned. And yeah, I think the story plays in really interestingly with it. So as I mentioned, the storyline really is just built around this talking voice in the sky that guides you around. It calls all of the puzzles, you know, his gardens, and it's really kind of a god figure. Hence why it's called Elohim, as you can imagine. Well, so if you don't know, and maybe some people out there do, maybe they don't. But Elohim is, I believe, an old Hebrew or, or Arabic term for God or gods. So the voice in the sky refers to itself as Elohim. Yeah, so the, the Elohim you may find out is an acronym. And you'll find that out through the story. And we'll leave it at that. But then you also come across these just random computer terminals throughout it that really help drive the story as well, where there's just a database of old human information. So the story, I think, is really interesting. What What did you guys think of the story? I immediately think when you're talking about going to the computer... I immediately think when you are talking about the computer monitors, I was watching Andrew play, and I feel like you know what I'm talking about, but you were answering the questions, oh. and I immediately was like, wait, you really think that? Like, it was... Kind of like a philosophical, like, and for me, I just, I completely disagreed. And when I did it, it still said, like, what does it say that you All right. well, aren't human enough to go forward? So, well, the questions were trying to be, like, you're trying to take, like, this test to prove that you're an minister, to prove that you're a person. And to kind of first, I mean, I don't know if you people out there want to debate about it, but the question was, do you think people deserve the talents they're born with? I mean, I don't really think anything of it because I don't think this test is really anything pertinent. You get options to pick things, but in the end, I think it's one of those things where no matter what you pick, the same thing's going to happen regardless. So I was kind of flipping through things, and I did say, yes, I think people deserve the talents that they're born with. And Liz was like, I can't believe you picked that. And we ended up going into like a 20-minute debate. So that's the one thing I'm actually kind of surprised about this game. So who is the more human of us? That's what I want to know. Well, actually, quick side note, do you, do you know the whole, ultimately, what the Talos Principle is in terms of the game? Yes, because I did read the text in the game. The Talos Principle is supposed to be the story um, referencing the old Greek mythology of Talos, which was a, like, golem. And they were trying to debate whether Talos was a human because it had, like, oil for blood. And there, it was like a debate of what makes a person a person is having some sort of running liquid in them, making them a person. And like, cause that's what I was reading in one of the texts. Well, exactly. So it, it, they talk about it a lot in the text. I've, I actually read a good chunk of it where I don't always in games. Some of it was quite entertaining. The, the whole concept of the game. Yeah. Is like you said, what makes a human a human? And basically it's, you know, almost to the point where can you mechanize humanity and it's kind of an interesting side plot to the whole story is the whole reason this was created in the first place is because humanity was dying and they're trying to create an AI to basically survive society. The thing I really want to say that I thought was interesting about the story, like first kind of reading about it, I did not think I'd like it because I hated philosophy class. I always thought philosophy is so weird. I'm the type of person where it's like, I like A plus B equals C. I don't like a plus b but maybe d maybe it equals e like i don't like (laughs) that and that's what philosophy is to me and it always irritates me i like things kind of clear cut and so like when i saw that the story is kind of like oh it's there's kind of a god and you're a robot but it's this mystery are you a real person or a robot i was like i was like oh man i'm not gonna like this and of course the majority of the story is through text but surprisingly i actually thought this story was interesting i did not read much of the text i read like the first two computers but there's a lot of computers. So I started to skim through them real quick. 
And even if you don't read the tech, I was still enjoying the story. I agree. I I feel like I was afraid it was going to get a little pretentious. And yeah. They steered clear to that, which I thought was great. Well, and I think one of the things that helps it a lot is that for the most part, it doesn't force you to make any great philosophical choices. And I think that's what your point is, Andrew, with computer text is you can kind of just make your own choices. And, you know, it may change some things about it, but mostly it's just letting you play around with it. Yeah, because I don't think it'll like shut out the story on you. Like, you could be like, I'm a robot. I don't think they would be like, oh, you're a robot. I'm not helping you at all. Like, I don't think it's going to do anything like that. Yeah, I think it's just almost like After Party is it helps drive the story just in a more interesting way for you as you progressed. I think that's really all it did. Because one thing that I noticed is, so what you're mentioning is that one of the early parts of the computers, it starts you out with a certification program and you answer a series of questions. When it generates your profile based on that, you can actually look through all of the decisions it makes about your profile and it and it actually judges your answers. So I assume it was different for you guys versus what it was for me. And I just thought that was kind of a cool feature. Yeah. Well, I mean, it still just said you have contradictions, so I don't believe you're a person. Yeah, That's all mine said. Well, no, but because I like for me, for example, I think I, I think I said that you should maximize liberty, but you should also maximize value or wealth or something along those lines. And it came up as a conflict that it was like, well, because of these things, like it can't be true. So I'm curious if you answered those two opposite of each other, what would it say? I don't think it would just pass you through the game, obviously, but I'm just curious what it would say. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, like I don't, it would probably just say like, oh, it would probably still find some way to cause a conflict. I'm assuming the questions were specifically designed to at some point for you to cause a conflict. But because of that, like when I was like doing this test, the test is actually kind of long. It was like 10 questions. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting sick of this. I, I was like, this is when I was like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this story. This seems just too philosophical. And I don't think it's going to be frustrating. But I will say, I think me and Liz had an interesting conversation about some of the questions, which was fun. But overall, though, like, at least the whole mystery of the story, though, I think really kind of drove me. Like, I was really kind of intrigued to learn, like, what happened and what's going on and stuff like that. So I did end up kind of looking up spoilers of the whole overall story. Because, as you were saying, Keith, you would have to, like, 100% this game to really get the full story of it. And I don't have the patience for that. But the thing I, like, found interesting with the story, I, I saw who the original writer was of this game. Uh... I'm trying to blank on his name, but he wrote the story for FTL, which I absolutely love that game. It didn't have a great story, but it was kind of a choose your own adventure kind of game. So it had an interesting story. And then he also did the story for the Swapper, which is another really good puzzle game. That's one I really liked. And that one was also a bit philosophical. This guy likes to, this writer likes to do kind of a mixture between like philosophical and spiritual because the Swapper, the whole premise of kind of the Swapper is you're creating clones of yourself and switching between the bodies. So the whole story is kind of debating of like, what is a soul? Like, are you, is the original version of you dead? Is that the real person? And these are just like carbon copies. So like what dignifies you as a real person or a clone? So like that one also had like a bit of a philosophical moment in it. In this one, in the Talos Principle, like the whole kind of ideas, the question of, yeah, whether a human being and you know, who is God kind of thing. And because he said a uh, big inspiration for the story in this game was actually the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Which is very apparent, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's actually really cool because I thought they did a really good job. Like, this game isn't feeling, like, preachy or anything like that. It's just, like, a really cool balance of spiritual and philosophical that it actually intrigued me. I feel bad because I really didn't get too much into the story. I didn't get as far as you guys, but... Although I found it intriguing, I didn't 
go out of my way to look things up. But I do think that there are sometimes when I was playing that I almost forgot there was a story and then the game would remind me like right at that point. All of a sudden the world would start shaking or something along those lines. So I thought that was kind of cool that they kind of woke you up from like the puzzles and stuff that you kind of get lost in. I think that's actually a really good point because I, I didn't even really think of it to be honest, but it is kind of cool how like, yeah, you can kind of zone out playing this game, but at the same time, it will like quickly shake you back into it just to remind you that, hey, we're here and this isn't exactly what you think it is. Because that was the part I really liked about the story is that, that always felt like there was something more that you just didn't know and you never knew if you were going to find out. I also thought it was funny that I it, it was one of my first achievements, I think. They tell you not, or he tells you not to go in the tower. And so, of course, I go to the tower. And immediately <laughs> it's like, oh, we lost connection or something. And an achievement came up. I, I forget what it was, but I got it for breaking the rules, kind of. Oh, and I didn't I, get that and achievement. And then I looked at you guys, your uh, achievements at that point, and you guys hadn't done it yet. No. But I like that he's like, don't go in the tower. And then I The very first thing you do is break it. Yeah, I unlocked the door and immediately I'm like, maybe I should go to the tower. But then I also got an achievement for listening to him when he told me, oh, maybe you're not ready for this puzzle because... I clearly I was there for too long and they're like okay idiot move to the next one you can't get it so I got one for listening and I got one for not listening <laughs> well that's actually the whole concept of this game is it's a it's a series of listening and not listening and ultimately that's why I think the full ending just just comes around to 100%ing the game like Andrew said it's like if you really want to know everything there is to know about it you just have to do everything which is unfortunate because to do everything it gets very difficult and at that point is when you're just like well i'm just gonna look up the solutions to the puzzle yeah i agree this it's really my only complaint with this game is i think it could be if i were to throw an average number out there four to six hours shorter it's very long and it's and it's not that it's not fun because things really do become more challenging and you feel like you really accomplish things every time you beat a puzzle. It, it starts to feel really good, especially if you do it on your own. But it also got to a point for me where I just started looking up just about everything, or at the very least had the YouTube video, uh, walkthrough ready to go if I just didn't want to solve a puzzle. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a kick in the gut when you look up a puzzle and it's so easy and you're just like, if I had just spent like five more minutes, I would have gotten it. And so for me, I actually, I, I like to do walkthroughs if I'm really struggling, but in this game, I really just tried to chug along because I didn't want that feeling of like, oh crap, I could have gotten it. So for me, I actually, at a certain point, started to avoid looking them up. See, I only looked up, I think, one puzzle, and there was one puzzle you helped me with, Keith, but I got majority of the game done. Well, I should say majority of the main game because there's actually two parts. There is an expansion in this game. That's free. Like, you don't have to pay for it or anything like that. But it's supposed to be like an epilogue. But I was able to do majority of the main game without really looking up anything. Because, you know, I'm so much smarter than you guys. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but I really liked the pacing of this game. Because there's... If you just want to do the main game, I think this game is very easy. So the main game, you're normally going after the sigils that are green or yellow. And there's some red sigils. The red sigils is to do, like, a bonus ending, I believe. But it's not mandatory. But those, the red ones are harder. And then, of course, there's stars that you can find. And stars are like can be anywhere. Those are kind of hidden. And those are very difficult to get. But I liked it with the natural progression of this game because it fed you skills. Like at first, it's just like, oh, yeah, you use these jammers that just block something. Okay, now you got a little thing that redirects a beam. Now you have a thing that can help record yourself. So like there isn't too many abilities in this game. 
it like didn't overwhelm you with them. It really kind of fed them in slowly. So I actually really liked the difficulty of this game. I didn't I like, think it was too overbearing. I like that it's not too handholdy either. Yeah. It took me a very long time to realize that you can jump. Because <laughs> I think it's left bumper. But it's something. not really necessary. Exactly. And, until you get the box and then it tells you. Yeah. But so for me... I, I like that I kind of was just figuring things out by myself along the way. Yeah, I mean, I like the way you kind of put that where it's not too handholdy because whenever you enter a world, you can clearly see what are puzzles because it's like a giant purple doorway. And when you enter, it gives you a name of the puzzle and shows you what kind of what you're doing in the puzzle. So I like that it directed you, but it was still pretty open. It definitely made things easy to look up because everything had a distinct <laughs> name. So, so it's easy for you to cheat. You just hey, it's not cheating. It's just looking up an answer is cheating. It. It's like the definition. It's taking the easy way out. It's a video <laughs> game, and I'm not competing with anyone. You're one of those kids that had a game genie back on the Sega Genesis and said it wasn't cheating. It was the easy way out. Dude, I wish I had a game genie. I know I wasn't one of those rich today. kids. <laughs> like I wish I had a game genie today because I also want a Sega Genesis. But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I. I the puzzles got to a point where, like I said, I honestly think the reason I did it is I wanted to get to the end and I wanted to get through this game, but we give ourselves about a week to play. So it got kind of hard because this game was too long. And again, that's my only complaint, but I thought all the puzzles were great. And the one thing I did notice, well, two things I shouldn't say I actually noticed is one, they get really difficult in terms of some, you kind of have to like jump outside the map to get to, at least for the stars and things. But aside from that, wait, no, is that also the same point? This, I lost my train of thought. The stars for me is where it draws the line of too difficult. Because, like, I did look up some of the videos. I didn't go collect these stars, but I just wanted to kind of see some of the solutions for these stars. And some of them are just absurd. And it's just like, how do you figure that out? You have to, like, read certain text and click on random <clears throat> blocks that generally don't have anything to do with the puzzle. And that's at the certain point where it's just like, yeah, nobody's going to actually figure this out. Someone's just going to look it up. Like, that's when it's too difficult. Well, a perfect example of that is actually one of them you had to so you had to plug in something from, like you said, a text into a hexadecimal converter. And based on that, you could come up with a date that you were able to figure out the Roman numerals and push certain buttons. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a too puzzle much. in this game. It's... I think it's really cool. It's cool. In this in the sense of like, wow, that's a really well thought out puzzle, but hot dang, I'm not I'm not going to do that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's not a really a complaint, but it's definitely an, it makes it really difficult to 100% the game. So unless you're really dedicated and into this game, it's mostly a game that you're, you're going to take one of the first two endings, I would say. Yeah, I really wish that this game for some reason it just didn't make me ambitious and I just wish that it had something to spark interest along the way for me. So I think one thing that I really liked is the different environments, but I just felt like they could have done more with it. You know, so there was one section where it's all rainy and then you have like the Egyptian place and stuff. But I felt like everywhere that you went, it still kind of looked the same. So I, I don't know. I just felt like something was missing. See, I disagree with that. Okay. Because the very first world is very reminiscent of like Greek Mediterranean imagery like you saw a lot of kind of like like not hieroglyphics i don't know what's the term for greek paintings? just a lot of just a lot of stone things i mean yeah you, you just saw like a lot of greek pillars and like temples kind of thing and in the second world it was egyptian so it was all desert pyramids sphinx and then the third world was very much like a medieval 
European setting because there's castles and turrets that was kind of sprinkled all over the place. And then like the main world was a barren wasteland. So I actually thought the worlds themselves were pretty different. But that being said, the environments didn't do anything for the puzzles. The puzzles were still essentially the same. Like they didn't do anything to play off the environments, but they at least looked different. Well, here's where I think I agree with both of you is Andrew's correct in that the environments are all very cool and unique, but it goes back to my point is you spend way too long in them that they get kind of boring. Yeah. And I think that's why you think that is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm... I also think that the way that you play the game, and I think it's the way that you read the text on the monitors and the way that you move around, I, it kind of gave me a headache after a while. I don't know if you guys experienced that too, but I, after a couple hours of it, it like it gave me a headache every single time. Because it made you think, and you normally don't I... think. Wow. I'm just okay. I'm no, it wasn't that. <laughs> but I think too, I I do like that you can change the speed. So Andrew, when I looked at him playing, he was going a lot faster than I am. But I love that you could also run. I felt like I was at the normal setting and I could also run, and it was perfect. But I think it was just like everything was like super texturized and the movement with the writing. I need my glasses checked anyways. So maybe that had something to do with it. But for me, I just like yeah, the game actually gave me a headache. Well, I think one of the big issues, too, is I don't think this game is meant to be played for, like, extended period, like, extended sessions. And unfortunately, since we kind of give ourselves a limited time, like, we always say we need to play at least a minimum of five hours of each game. I, I We were all kind of, like, trying to crave this game a little bit. And I think that's probably why some of us got, like, a little bit of fatigue with it and of environments. Because I, I do agree. I, I understand a little bit where you guys are coming from because... I got that a little bit too. I mean, and I, I will say I put many hours into this game longer than I should have. And like, I wasn't even complaining about it as I did it per se, but I, I think you're hundred percent right. I think this game is meant to be played in small bursts. It's like a crossword puzzle. Like you pick it up, you challenge yourself a little bit and then you put it down or like a jigsaw puzzle. Maybe that's a better cause puzzles. I don't know. We normally do puzzles like long period stretches. I love jigsaw that's- puzzles. Well, that's what I'm saying. You have like a 5,000 piece jigsaw puzzle. Is that aggressive? I don't actually don't know what a reasonable size puzzle is. I think 2,000 is yeah, usually like pretty standard. We did two. We've done, we've done another three. Yeah. Okay. So so we'll say a 3,000 puzzle piece puzzle. We do it in a day. Know, might... Ugh. That sounds aggressive. Get a life. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a jigsaw puzzle game on Xbox, but I feel like that would be really bad with like the controllers. That'd be really boring. Be, like, just, just play a jigsaw play. puzzle. Yeah, but for the people that don't have a big table... Oh my gosh, that would just be the worst thing. I, I, oh, it makes me uncomfortable to think about it. So, in terms of gameplay, like, like Andrew mentioned, you start to build like certain skills over time. Here's a question for you guys: What would you say was your favorite skill that got added into the game? Well, I actually want to say overall, my least favorite gameplay moments of this game were the in-between Tetris puzzles. Like, as you're collecting these sigils to progress to the door, you had to like figure out a Tetris puzzle. I thought those were so boring. They were easy. They, they were, were pretty easy. easy, and I just thought they were boring. I thought they were just, like, an annoying obstacle. I liked them, but I thought they were easy. Like, I actually looked forward no. to them. Some of them get real hard. There's, like, side bonus missions that you can do, and it's got, like, 20 of those pieces. Oh, I didn't get that it far. <laughs> gets real, they get real difficult. Eh, but there's always YouTube. Yeah. But to go back to your original question, Keith, I really liked the uh, recorder. There's an ability where you literally like hit a play button. Well, you hit a recorder button and you do these movements. And then when you go back to the recorder and hit play, 
it does like a ghost copy of yourself. So you're like essentially playing with your ghost and you got to kind of figure out your movements and then you got to obviously, you got to give yourself enough time to like coordinate with your ghost. So I actually liked those puzzles. I thought they were kind of interesting. They were the ones I thought that were most difficult, but the most rewarding when you solved it. I'm basic. I like the connectors the most and there are these different colored things that you have to connect in order to open doors. And I mean, it's pretty basic, but I enjoyed it. And they actually got a little tricky with some of the puzzles. So... I'm kind of with you, Andrew, but I also am not. I'm, I thought the recorder was so much fun. So you can actually record up to five minutes, I believe. Yeah, which I'm curious. Which is really, if there's a puzzle, you have to use all five minutes. And I don't think so. At least not that I'm aware of. Maybe there is. But I, I can certainly imagine there's plenty that you have to use it for long periods of time. I liked it. But it was the one that always made me feel the most stupid. Oh, yeah. And that's why I hated it. Because... It would be the ones, like I said, I was just trying to rip off the band-aid and get through a bunch of puzzles as quickly as I could. So I was using the YouTube videos and I would watch them and go, holy crap, that was so easy. <laughs> like they'd, they'd finish something in two minutes and I'd have sat there for 10 minutes and gotten nowhere close to where they were. So yeah, it's a really, really cool feature. But man, if you want to feel stupid, <laughs> that one will do it to you. <laughs> so yeah, I guess otherwise... I, one thing I will say, in, for a game that came out in 2014, and maybe just because they ported it over to Xbox, they updated it, I don't know. Visually, I thought this game was actually pretty dang good. I don't know what your thoughts were. Overall, I thought the graphics were good. Like, I didn't think they were too great. So it looked a little dated, but like... I don't know. I thought the graphics themselves were pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. it. It it was they did a pretty good job. It's like pretty relaxing actually seeing like some of the foliage, some because some of it was like kind of fall weather, and then of course they did the sand. So I thought it was it was nice. And then of course like the music was a nice compliment to the game as well. And the sounds when you're like moving around, I thought were really nice. Yes. Except I will say there was one sound that was awful. As Keith was saying, there's kind of like some of these uh, side areas where you unlock a messenger and one of them was a waterfall. And that waterfall was incredibly loud. I was in a party chat yeah, with you, Keith, and my brother, and I couldn't hear any of you guys because it was just blaringly loud. Yeah, I know exactly what waterfall you're talking about. I will also say one of the no- there was one noise that just drove me absolutely nuts. And it was one of those things that would be your own fault is the lasers that Liz was mentioning. It made a noise that normally was fine, but if it got broken up, it there was just a cut to it and it would make the, like a charging sound. Oh, Do you know yeah, what I'm talking, what about? talking about? And if yeah, it was every so often a puzzle would have something that you needed to time the charging of these lasers up and yeah, if, if the timing didn't work and it kept getting cut up, if you didn't fix that laser, it would just drive you nuts. But otherwise, I will say the music was it wasn't really music. It was more like just kind of like monks chanting, I think, in the background a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, it was like ambient noise. Yeah, so it was it wasn't anything to write home about it, but it it was yeah, a type of music that you could listen to for long periods of time, at least the way we did, and <laughs> still not want to kill yourself. So uh, going back, Liz, you had asked about the cat. So I don't know if there's necessarily anything much to it, but there is one puzzle. I actually couldn't tell you where it was, but I I had seen it in in all of my searches where you actually like break a door that brings you underground and i guess as you come through there you break a box or something along those lines and a cat runs out and across the screen oh it's supposed to be like Schrodinger's cat I, yeah i i don't know for sure if it's 
that, to be honest. But there is a cat reference, and like you actually do see one in the game, but you have to, it's, I think, one of the star levels that you have to find it in, and it's real buried deep. It's kind of crazy that that warranted being on the cover, which, I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, I like cat people, but... I think it's trying to show that the robot's a person, because even the robot likes to pet a cat. I do too. Yep, I think that's exactly what it is. This game's all about being human, and you're a robot. But I will say there was an Easter egg that I guess you didn't pick up, Keith, but I guess it's because you never played the Serious Sam games. But as you said, this team is the team that was behind Serious Sam. And uh, on the very first Serious Sam, the first level was takes place in Egypt. And one of the main enemies in Serious Sam is this headless guy who's a kamikaze who runs around with bombs and screams. And one of the puzzles when you exit, you hear that exact same soundbite scream and a robot is charging you. So it was kind of a nice little nod to their other game of Serious Sam. But then, yeah, once the robot gets to you, it disappears. And I thought that was kind of funny. It made me laugh. I did read about it, and I remember it, actually, because for me not actually knowing the reference, I was like, holy crap, what just happened? Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> when you play Serious Sam, like, that scream fills your nightmares. It's a very distinct sound, but, like, you hear it getting closer and closer. It's almost, like, reminiscent of, like, the Jaws music. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it was aggressive, but I, I can I can definitely appreciate the reference. But, Keith, since you found the cat, I was curious. I saw there was an achievement called Curiosity Didn't Kill the Cat. Is that actually how you got that achievement? No, it's not. Oh. Yeah. Do you know how you got that achievement? Because I never found it. Oh, yeah. So, no, I did not get this achievement because the curiosity didn't kill the cat, I believe is what you, you called it. Yeah, it was something like that. It is. Oh, a little curiosity never killed the cat. Yeah, so you actually have to not ever go into the tower before collecting all of the sigils to get to the top of it, basically. Oh. So, it basically includes 100%ing the game, but never touching the tower. So, so Liz felt that. that. I felt it instantly. <laughs> yeah, that. so getting into that, actually, this game does have at least a couple missables. So I don't know how you feel about that, Andrew. But I'm going to go right ahead and say this is not a great achievement hunter game. At least not for time to achievement purposes. I think it's okay. I mean, if you strictly want to go for the achievements, you could easily just pull up a guide and solve all these puzzles and do the achievements. And you could, I think, complete this game with all achievements in a short amount of time. So if you want to cheat to get the achievements, it's a good achievement hunter game in that my personal opinion. That takes the fun out of it. I it like does. when they just pop up. Yeah, which it's... I think this game does a decent job with feeding you. Yeah, I think so too. Well, because it does have a good number of them. So it has 40. And it, like it's just one of those games that does it in a very slow process. And I think it actually heavy loads it on beating the game. And also doing all three endings. But yeah, I think, like you said, Andrew, it, if you want to just go quickly and easy through it, you definitely can. So if that's what you're into, go for it. I won't fault you. You do you. But I think it's worth at least playing through for for what the game is, personally. That's my ultimate argument. So yeah, I, I think that basically wraps up everything in the game, actually. So let's go into final thoughts. Andrew, you start out. I mean, this is your pick. You should start out, you jerk. I'm the host, though. I get to go last. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I, I did enjoy this game. I, like I said before, I'm, I'm kind of selective with my puzzle games. Like I like to be challenged, but I don't like it where it ends up becoming too difficult that I don't have much fun with it. Like the witness, I enjoyed the witness, but after a while, the puzzles were just getting really obscure that I was kind of losing my enjoyment with it. But I thought this game does a really nice pacing of slowly increasing the difficulty. And if you ignore the side stuff, you can beat this. You can kind of cruise through the puzzles pretty easily. So I like that. I think this game is really relaxing. And I do agree with Keith where you say like you could 
pick this game up a week later or only play a little a couple puzzles here and there to kind of exercise your brain and then pick it up later. Like it wasn't something you need to remember the story of or anything like that. So I, I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, for me, I think this game is a solid 80. Probably should have thought of a number before we started, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I knew that it was a game or a pass. For me, I just wasn't that invested in the game. So as we've been talking, I didn't get as far as you guys, but if you don't get very far, say you put in like seven to 10 hours, I feel like you won't learn that much. And for me, I just was kind of meh. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I might go back to it, might not. So for me, I think I'm just going to give it a 75. I think it's a good solid game. I love the puzzles, but it didn't have enough to keep me wanting to play. Interesting, interesting. So I really liked this game. I thought the puzzles were really fun. I It just felt so rewarding. The graphics, I think Andrew was right. They're not always amazing by any means, but they're really, I don't know, they're very pleasant. There's not a lot of issues to it that I ran into, at least. Clearly Liz didn't find any bugs this week, not that we heard of. That's very surprising. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this might be a first, actually, by the way. We found a bug-free game from Liz. (laughs) And... But that, but also, like, the music just played really well into it. And, yeah, I, I don't know that I'll beat it anytime soon or, I guess, go back to it anytime soon. But I would absolutely just pick up and play this game again. And I think I'd have to go with a solid 83 standing oh, wow. behind my game, obviously. So I was actually kind of surprised with Metacritic. So with Xbox Metacritic, the critics part was to be determined. There was only two reviews, but users gave it a 6.9. The only bad review was in French and I couldn't read it. But one of... Google Translate, Liz. Come on. I should have. But one of the critics wrote, victim of its own ambition, too long and somewhat presumptuous. It will work for fans of the genre. So I ended up going to the other ones, PS4, 88, and 8.1. Someone who gave it a 3 said, there does not seem to be any real storyline and the puzzles are repetitive. Would have preferred story with some animation and sound rather than reading everything. And then looking at PC, that was closer to the PS4, 85, and 8.5. And some people said pseudo-philosophical nonsense, predictable, levels are too similar. And then there was one critic who gave a 60. While Portal was just a series of connected puzzle chambers, it always felt like a developer was leading you through it. The Talus principle feels like boxes within boxes left by the developer for you to play in. But he gave it a 60, and I wasn't sure if that was like a compliment or an insult. (laughs) But yeah, so I feel like it was kind of a mixed bag. But the I feel like the people who didn't like it are people who just don't like to think and want something to have just pretty colors and pictures for them. Or maybe they're embarrassed because it was too hard for them. <laughs> but I mean, I, don't, I can understand a little bit of those people's negative like reviews. But I saw on the Xbox, like when I first looked up this game and it came to Game Pass, it was like a 4.8 star with like 50 reviews on it. So on the actual Xbox store, it's it has pretty high reviews. I mean, Metacritic, I feel like a lot of the complaints, I mean, people just get like hung up on things too yeah but i mean maybe this isn't a game for everybody so no i mean there is no game out there for everybody well i mean like the the, the genre i yeah. should say like the the genre isn't for everybody yeah but i think that i actually guess does it for everything for us this week so wrapping it up as always i've been here and i've been keith andrew uh i have been your usual hardcore gamer host andrew uh this what? was keith's pick so uh- we let uh, we let Keith host this uh, one. What? Uh, there you go. 
Yeah. You just called yourself the host. You weren't the I host. I said I'm week. usually you your hardcore gamer host. But uh, I also want to give a quick shout out. Uh, our podcast has been doing really well. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to all our fans in Michigan and California, which had the most downloads this month. So to our fans there, thank you all so much for listening. Big shout out to our handful of devout fans that have uh, been with us and giving us support. Uh, Curtis, Chris, and on Podbean, our friend uh, Chaos and Passion. We appreciate you guys' feedback, and we like that you uh, guys tell us what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong, so thank you all so much. Uh, we've also noticed we've been getting some uh, some reviews on iTunes Store, so if you haven't given us a review on iTunes Store, we'd greatly appreciate if you did. It doesn't have to be five-star. We, we like any feedback, uh, and if you give us a written review, we'll uh, give you a shout-out on this podcast, so we'd greatly appreciate if you went on there and uh, gave a little quick review for us. If you want us to say hi to your mom, we will. <laughs> unless, unless your mom's... A thief. Like, a real bad one or Not something. a murderer, but a thief. Maybe a murderer. Eh, yeah, probably a murderer. If she's a murderer, we won't say hi to her. Unless you want us to. But I won't endorse her murdering. I won't do that. I... Anyway. But if you really want to message us, you can uh, email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at gpgbpod. We're also on Facebook at gamepassgrabbag. And, of course, we're on Podbean at Game Pass, where you can also write on comments section there. So... Thank you all so much for listening. I guess I'm chopped liver. <laughs> no, you're next now. I just, I wanted to give these plugs for the two people that are probably still listening at this oh, okay. point. <laughs> and I'm Liz Anoob. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Gamertag, comment, I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz Anoob, Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Good night, everybody. Bye. See you guys next week. Bye.